Welcome to Oregon Crossroads. I'm Dr. Bud Pierce. And remember, this is the place where we talk about everything free, as free as we can be, prosperous, as prosperous as we can be for ourselves and for the good of our society, and about government that serves us, not government above us and dictates to us, but government that serves us and builds us up and lets us have great lives. And today I have a very, very interesting guest. My friend, Dean Andretta. Dean, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Dr. Pierce. And Dean is the Chief Financial Officer of WVP Health Authority. And this is uh, what I'll tell you about this organization is that it's done so much work over the many years and decades to make sure that people of limited means, people on the Oregon Health Plan, have great health care services. And Dean has probably done as much, if not more, than any person in this area to ensure that individuals or patients actually get their health care. And he's not a health care provider. He's a genius with numbers. He understands the numbers and math, and we'll get into that. But in order for patients who have the Oregon Health Plan to actually be able to access their health care, they need to have hospitals and doctors that are paid adequately to see the patients. And the reason I bring that up is I came from California over 25 years ago. When I was in California, the the uh, Oregon, the California Medicaid patients that were being seen were not seen at most of the UCLA facilities where I train and by very few, if no private practice doctors, because the payment scheme wasn't adequate to pay them to see the patients. So there's a lot of kind of marginal providers got in the market to take care of Medicaid patients. And the government, the state government had spent all this money policing to make sure that the, the people are getting the care they should instead of paying a little more as what has happened in Oregon to the hospitals and to the providers to ensure that patients see the same providers. If you're on Medicaid in Oregon, you come to Bud Pierce's office, Oregon uh, Oncology Specialist, you go to Salem Health, you go to Santa Ana Silverton Hospital, you don't go to a carve-out hospital or a poverty clinic, you go to the mainstream. And I love it in Oregon where you have a CEO and a retired wealthy person and a person that a very limited means side by side being the same healthcare uh, provided by the same providers. And that has to do with Dean and people like me. So I'm gonna build them up. And I know that in his line of work, where there's numbers and there's criticism, there's tight budgets. Now, today we're gonna to talk about some complicated issues, really two issues. The first is to help you understand a little bit about what Medicaid organ health plan is. A lot of people don't understand that. I remember listening uh, to uh, Dr. John Kitzhaber, who was an emergency room doctor, and then he ran for, for the legislature, and then he ultimately became governor. And he's, first, when he got into the legislature, he didn't know the difference between Medicare and Medicaid and insurance, showing how complicated it is. He's obviously a, a, a knowledgeable physician and really, really a complicated field. So that's number one. Let's get a little uh, understanding of Medicaid. And second, we're going to talk about our disappointment, our great disappointment in the fact that our local providers, our local WVP health authority, our local doctors and hospitals were not awarded the contract to provide CCO services to our population. Rather, it was given to Pacific Source, a four-state nonprofit large insurance company that is really not supporting the basic idea of the CCO, the coordinated care organizations where people in the community creating a healthcare delivery system and insurance plan taking care of patients in the community. And for whatever reason, we're not gonna go into that so much today, 
the state has decided that they don't want that now. They want big groups, big insurance plans to administer uh, the uh, Oregon health care plan, which we're against. So first of all, a little background, and, and Dean's going to be carrying most of the conversation once we get going, but a little background on Medicaid. So Medicaid is a health insurance plan for people of limited resources. Another word for that is the poor. It was founded in 1965 in, in that form of the federal uh, Medicare um, uh, Social Security Act. And that was a revision in 1965. And what it does is it provides money to the states for healthcare services for their citizens of limited resources. And the initial plan was a 60-40 match in which the state would put, the federal government would put in $6, the state would put in $4, and then you could create an insurance or a, a care plan for your poorer uh, patients. There is some uh, oversight by the federal government, but the idea is to have a lot of freedom, a lot of freedom in the states, and you'll see differing plans. So that's where we were, um, and, and that's where we found ourselves in the 80s and, and early 90s. It turns out that the organization uh, that Dean represents, the MVP Health Authority, has its roots in 1976, which is when uh, there started to be payment to hospitals and doctors and encouraging doctors to participate and hospitals to participate in the pool of providers who take care of poor patients or patients of limited financial means. Hospitals must treat patients that come to their emergency department, but that's really their legal requirement to make sure they're stable and okay. Private practice doctors have no such requirement, so it's important always to have enough resources, not so that you make the providers rich, but so that you at least make them whole enough so that they can continue to see patients that, that have Medicaid and Oregon Health Plan and, and they don't have to turn them away. And it really comes down to that basis. So then you see capitation taking effect. And this is the idea of capitation. Until 1980, we'll make it simple. Until 1980, if you went to the hospital and you were in the hospital, they would charge you every day for the services, whatever, whatever the fees were, the doctor fees, the lab fees, etc. Then starting in 1980, the government said this is too expensive. What we're going to do is we're going to give you a global fee for an illness, and then that's how much money you get. So the simple way of thinking about it is if you show up to the hospital with a heart attack, they're going to pay you for five days of care, X amount of money. And if you sleep it one day, they're going to get that money. Five days, you're going to get that money. If you stay in the hospital 500 days, you're going to get that money. The same amount. So there's a lot of pressure economically. So there's a limited amount of money in, and there's demand. And then that continued on later on with Medicaid and then all insurance plans where what has happened now is the payers, whether it be the government, the companies, individuals, send money to an insurance plan, and the insurance plan then becomes responsible to pay all the bills, and they don't can't ask for more money. They can't ask for more money. In the old days, the insurance plan just took a cut for administration, but now they gotta pay all the bills, and they have a limited pool of money, putting lots of pressure on the system. I love the words of Thomas uh, Sowell, the, uh, or Sowell, the economist, uh, the African-American economist, uh, who's at the, uh, I think the Hoover Institute in Stanford. And he says, the first rule of economics is scarcity. If you have something that people really want, there will never be enough of it to satisfy everyone. And we're certainly in that, in this healthcare delivery system, where we spend an incredible amount of money, but yet there's always going to be scarcity. So we have to understand that. So in the 1990s, the, organ, the insurance plans had abandoned the uh, Oregon Health Plan. The insurers are pulling out. And Governor Kitzhaber steps in. He's elected legislator and governor. He says, well, how do I get the hospitals and doctors 
to take care of the patients. And they came up with the rank list. So what Medicaid does, the basic Medicaid plan, it says, okay, we got all the diagnoses and we'll pay about one third, uh, 33 cents on the dollar. And that's how much you get paid to take care of these patients. And, and, and basically a lot of the, the doctors and hospitals said, we can't do this, we just can't. So then what Governor Kitzhaber said was, let's chop out maybe a certain number. Let's just make it simple, half of them. So we'll double the reimbursement for the, the things we can cover, maybe a 60 per, 66 cents on the dollar for what the normal charge is. And that should be enough to get people to provide the care. And we'll list what's covered. We'll figure out what we want to cover with community involvement and citizen involvement. And that way we can actually get people seen. And guess what? That worked. And then he said, okay, we're having trouble with access. So let's have the doctors and the local providers provide the, um, the structure and, and make it so the doctors will take care of the patients. And so in this community, there's pretty much 100% buy-in. If you're a doctor here and you're part of WBP, there was a different name in the past, that you're going to see all the patients that were sent to you. You're going to take care of them. Obviously, our hospitals did also. So that was very, very successful. Now, that was only by 2008, 9, 10. That's about four to 500,000 Oregonians, probably 100,000 or so, give or take some in this area. Um, well, actually, about half of that, about 50,000 in this area, about four or 500,000 Oregonians that were covered under the Oregon Health Plan. He said, well, why weren't all the people that need to be covered covered? Well, remember, the state... The federal government puts in $3, you got to put in $2. So it's that match, a 60-40 match. So the Affordable Care Act said, well, if you expand your population, and we expand it by another half a million, and you take, allow everybody to apply that's 133% of the federal poverty level, that the government, the first three years, will give you 100% of the money, and then over the next three or four years, they'll wean it down to a 90-10 match. That's a great deal. You get free money for three years, 100% coverage for your citizens, and then it's for every dollar you put in, you get a $9 match. So that led to great expansion of the Oregon Health Plan, and now we have about 23 to 25% of our citizens that are under the health care plan. Well, they also changed the structure of, of, the, of who coordinated money. So initially it was the doctor's group, which was WBP Health Authority in another name, and the hospital worked together because they provide over 90% of the care. But under the modified plan, the CCO plan, we're going to bring in dental and mental health and 15 people around the table, and they're going to form a CCO. And our group is part of the local CCO. And so, and, and so that's how this has been working for the past several years and working well. Well, now there's a lot more money in the system. There are a lot more profits. And the big boys and girls, the insurance plans, have um, stepped up. They want to have, they, they, want to, they basically want to control it. They want to control it. So in this last application, we put forward an application, the doctors, the hospitals, and with the, with the 20 plus year experience, 30 year experience of doing this, and programs like the MOMS program, which is a program to help women that have risk or use of drugs and who become pregnant to make sure that, they, that they, they're not using drugs and alcohol when they're pregnant. So we have this experience in the social determinants of health and everything the state would want we put forward our application, expected to be funded, and it was given to Pacific Source, an insurance plan that's insured a few thousand people, no experience, but I'm sure they wrote a great uh, application. So that's kind of where we are today. Medicaid, as a summary, is an insurance plan for individuals who are of limited resources. About a quarter of Oregonians are on this. It has been run primarily through local organizations, doctors and hospitals. That's worked very well high patient satisfaction, high, 
high enough doctor satisfaction. You're never going to become prosperous taking care of Oregon Health Plan patients, but you can pay the bills and, and, and cover your costs. And uh, so that's worked very well. But now again, we've decided to move to a more centralized model as we did in the 80s and 90s, big insurance, outside control. And, and that's kind of where we are. We don't like where we are with that. So I'm going to now let Dean talk. I've spoken long enough. And Dean, just your initial comments. Yes, the world is, has changed uh, fairly dramatically probably over the last 15, 15 or 20 years um, with the Oregon Health Plan. Um, our organization became one of the health plans in 2001 um, when all of the large commercial insurance carriers got out. They left, um, and um, and so the uh, the legislation, le legislators, um, and governor uh, came to WVP or Mid Valley IPA at the time, um, and asked us to to assume a fully capitated health plan arrangement. So we were never a licensed insurance company. We basically had a contract with the state, uh, much as you as had indicated, for a certain amount of money per patient. Um, and we have to arrange for the care. Um, since 2001, we worked really hard. Is is one of our real efforts was to try to, to try to bring payer parity to doctors. Um, we wanted to make sure that if a patient uh, was a good fit for a primary care office or or specialty care office, that's great. Uh, go ahead and take on that patient, and and the economic difference between the two between commercial patients, commercially insured patients, Medicare, and Medicaid would not be so disparate. That yeah, let me interrupt there. If you're a Medicare person and you're trying to find primary care, it can be incredibly challenging because Medicare hasn't kept up. But our local group with Medicaid, which is insurance plan for the, for the poor and uh, people of limited resources, was able to pay enough so that the practitioners would see the patients and could see the patients. So that's a key point. So I'm sorry. That's yes. And, and so over the course since 2001, we've been able to accomplish that. Um, Absolutely. We, we have, uh, uh, particularly for primary care, in, with the ACA expansion in 2014, we, we got added uh, within a, a four-month period of time, almost 35,000 patients in our community. Um, and at that point, we needed they all we all required we are required as a health plan to make sure they all have a primary care physician and uh, in order to do that we had to, to go around to the community and ask for all primary care to open up and take additional patients and our community did that um, and we grew from about 60,000 patients to almost a hundred thousand patients now and everybody has a primary care physician. So the, the physicians in our community and the primary care clinics in our community and the specialty care providers stepped up tremendously and, uh, and allowed us access for all of those patients. Uh, and, and to do that, it became very clear that we have to create some level of parity uh, in order for a large portion of our primary care clinics to, to stay alive and stay to be able to recruit and retain providers especially uh, pediatric providers. Now, pediatric, our pediatric clinics in uh, our area are about 60% or more Oregon Health Plan, um, and we just simply can't have a huge payer, uh, payer mix disparity for those, those clinics to, to flourish 
and uh, be able to, to grow and recruit new providers. Um, so we were quite successful at that. Um, in 2012, the whole landscape changed. We went from a fully captivated health plan arrangement that dealt mostly with just medical services to a what's now called the Coordinated Care Organization, which included dental and mental health services into one bucket. It expanded the, the governance to um, community, a lot, a lot of people in the community, uh, the, the county commissioners, the county health departments, um, all part of that. And so since 2012, a local group of local providers and, and, um, and people, um, kind of volunteer board members, have been uh, running the local health plan. Um, the in two, uh, so that 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 all went together from 2012 to to, to now. Basically, is what's going on. In um, earlier this year, the state uh, some, uh, requested an RFA for CCO 2.0, which is uh, the new and improved uh, coordinated care. As with any large procurement process, the state uh, goes. They they're required to go out to bid. Um, and in fact, they were a couple years late in going out to bid, as uh, is, is normally it's a five-year kind of award and contract. Um, so they did that. Um, we, there was some, certainly some issues within the governance model of WBCH, and we, we wanted to, uh, we, uh, which means Salem Clinic, Salem Health, and ourselves, which represent 85% um, of the uh, providers in the community, put in an application and were uh, extraordinarily stunned uh, when we were not awarded that, given our, our long history of being able to manage uh, services in our area. And um, you're absolutely correct. Um, large health plans have come into our organ uh, into into the state, um, wanting to get more involved into the Oregon Health Plan and Medicaid, as it is a quarter of our population, and um, it, it is a large contract. It's half a billion dollars a year. Let, let me and let me help you to understand why this matters. During the, through the years when cancer services became too expensive for insurance and there were issues, um, Dean could say, call Bud, we could have a meeting, Oregon Oncology Specialist, and we hash it out. How do we get the most value for the dollar so our patients get, in essence, identical or nearly identical treatment no matter who they are and make it work on the budget side for the insurance and on the provider side so we can actually afford to see the patients. And that kind of tight relationship. And that's the relationship you have with people that are in your community and that you live with. Um, the second thing is, is if they say no about something I think a patient should get, I'm gonna get on the phone and call them and say, we need to have a meeting. And they're responsive, they know me. They're responsive, they know our practitioners, they wanna make it work. And guess what, when we don't provide services that patients want and believe they should have, we have to live with those people. We have to see them in our community. We have to shop with them. We go to, we go to church or synagogue with them. So in other words, if we say no, we have to live with that decision in front of our face every day. And that's a very important mechanism to get the most value out of the dollar, that people know each other, that can come to compromise business decisions, and you're trying not to say no. I can assure you that if I call Pacific Source or, the, or any of these insurance plans and say, hey, I want to have a meeting with the leadership, they'll say, yeah, yeah sure, bud, whatever you want to do. We have a, a complaint department, you call them. 
So my major concern, and it's not about Dean's going to is going to do great no matter what, and we're gonna, I'm going to be a doctor seeing patients. It's about the patients. Are they going to? The whole idea of the CCO is local people, local control, local situations, individualize the effort, and try to provide all you can for citizens because you know when you live with them. And now we're blowing it up. I believe because of undue influence of the large insurers, and so that's my that's that's why it's important to me. So I think we're about ready actually to run to run a little bit out of time. We're kind of winding down. This twenty minutes goes fast. Yes. Final thoughts about where we are, what your thoughts are, that kind of thing. Well, um, you know, we, we do we are working with Pacific Source to try uh, to uh, allow some autonomy to have some local control remain out of it. We are. Uh, moving forward uh, in our, our best attempts to do that. <clears throat> the, just, you know, Oregon has been very unique um, in this, in, in Medicaid, um, not just in Marion and Polk counties, but across the state, uh, provider groups, hospital doctor groups, doctor-only groups have, have really taken the responsibility of this local care. Here, healthcare is very local. Um, we know everybody in town. We know every clinic administrator. We know many, many doctors. Many doctors have, worked, have served on our board. And um, we, you're exactly right. We, we pick up the phone, and if we have an issue, we work through it. We know our, our community very well. Um, we have a standard uh, understanding of, of how our community operates and what services are available to patients. What social services are available, we have a deep understanding. And my fear is that those relationships are going to get um, interfered with a little bit. And um, we are going to do our best to try to make sure that doesn't happen and to not allow the 20 years of progress that we have made uh, with, with payer parity, with living within uh, budgets and, and available funds. To, to end and to stop. Um, and so we're uh, cautiously optimistic on the future, but um, it's a new world, absolutely a new world for us. Very good. So um, if you want true freedom, if you want true prosperity, it's about local control, local leaders, local talented people making decisions of our day-to-day -day lives, working together and not being dictated to by Washington or Salem. It's not about government telling us how to live, how to organize our work, how to organize an insurance plan. It's about giving the authority and the accountability to those of us who work every day in the trenches and giving us the support and resources we need to take care of matters. And in this case, to take care of our most vulnerable citizens. So again, as you can see from this interview, Dean is an amazing, accomplished man. Again. You think of Dean Andrett, I want you to think about an individual who has as much or more to do with making sure that people of limited means get the health care that they need in our society. And we need the deans of the world to make it work. So thanks again for listening to Oregon Crossroads. If you want a summary article, I wrote a little bit about this, might may make it clearer, and we'll see you next time. Thank you very much.